we've had people email us telling us that using virtual speech they practiced for job interviews and somebody got a job at the UN through using VR training and VR practice. We've had people who have recovered from vocal cord trauma and really lost their confidence and they've been retraining themselves and training their confidence using virtual reality as that psychologically safe space that we spoke about earlier. Startups have landed funding through practicing in VR and it just goes to show the power of that learning through experience whenever we want on demand. The Digital to Learn podcast is dedicated to exploring both what's new and what's good in the use of technology in teaching and learning. Our mission is to have the best minds sitting in front of our microphones, sharing evidence-based strategies for digital teaching and learning. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Thank you for joining us. And now, the Digital to Learn podcast. Welcome to the Digital to Learn podcast. My name is Tiffany Snyder, and I'm here with co-host Mike Jones. Hey, Mike. Hey, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And typically, for those that don't know, Mike is behind the scenes doing all the producing uh, that is involved with this show. But today we have a special reason for bringing him um, into the co-host chair. And that's because the things that he's interested in very much um, collide with, I shouldn't say collide, meshed with what our guest brings to the table. And our guest today is Sophie Thompson. Sophie Thompson is the CEO and co-founder of Virtual Speech, an award-winning online education platform blending e-learning with practice in virtual reality and online simulations. Sophie started Virtual Speech in 2016 to overcome her fear of public speaking. And since then, Virtual Speech has been used by over 350,000 people worldwide to help them learn and practice a range of skills in realistic, immersive scenarios. Virtual Speech has a catalog of over 25 courses on topics like public speaking, active listening, and sexual harassment, and clients, including numerous universities and Fortune 500 companies. Please join us in welcoming to the Digital to Learn podcast, Sophie Thompson. Welcome to the show, Sophie. Thanks, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. So glad you're with us. As mentioned, Sophie is with Virtual Speech, and for the life of me, I could not recall how we were connected previously. I've been following Sophie on LinkedIn for it seems like two years, liking all of her posts and just being a super fan, assuming that we either already had her on the show or had tried. But that was a fail for me. So we're going to fail forward and uh, make sure that we get her on the show. And she was gracious to, to join us. So I feel like we're late in the game, but we're so excited to have Sophie here today. Per usual on the Digital to Learn podcast, we like to start this show with a getting to know you section, just kind of lighthearted. We did keep this one pretty specific to VR though. So pretty um, in the pocket. We're gonna kick it off with what is your favorite VR app? Oh, big question. Um, so I think I would say my favorite VR app is an app called FitXR. And I don't know if you've heard about the fitness VR industry, which is something even a couple of years ago, I, I wouldn't even dreamt that I would ever do, let alone love doing it I'm not somebody who is prone to enjoying exercise <laughs> but I heard people talking a lot about um a few um VR fitness apps and I thought I would uh, I would try one and I was very skeptical when I first went in and actually what's brilliant about them is you end up working out without realizing that you're working out so with FitXR for yeah. example you have 
a virtual gym membership basically so even when you go in in vr there's like a reception desk and um there's like a class instructor virtually in front of you and you can do classes in boxing dancing or high interval training which i've not done that one um it's not going too far maybe next year <laughs> but they're just really fun um and yeah i've just trying them out at first just because of the novelty if i'm honest with you but actually they're so fun and and they're effective as well like it's difficult to understand unless you try it because I was also concerned that like would the headset stay on and stuff um but no yeah it's great I would definitely recommend that's oh, wow. very cool Tiffany kind of has some <laughs> entry-level VR work in her living room with a peloton isn't that how you pronounce that bike oh with, there uh, you the go virtual roads I know I'm trying to think about right now um I feel like my family already is just used to laughing at me for doing some kind of kickboxing at the end of a bed somewhere, a limited space or sitting on a Peloton. So the next thing they're going to see is me boxing in my VR headset. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I would try it. Yeah, try it. <laughs> Definitely have to try it. Well, our next question uh, is still along the VR path here, and I'm going to expand it a little bit to XR. So just extended reality in general, but it's really beginning to allow us to travel virtually to famous sites worldwide but what location would you like to visit in the real world? Uh, in the real world, I've always wanted to go and do a safari somewhere. So I would probably say a safari in South Africa, in Kruger National Park. When I was a teenager, I was fortunate enough to do a safari in Namibia, but I was like 14 at the time. So even though I remember thinking it was amazing, I don't really remember it and we didn't have iPhones and things like that so I don't even know where my pictures are anymore oh. to relive that so I would love to do that again my favorite animals are elephants and I would love to see them out in the wild I just re realized I don't think we even mentioned to our guests where are you joining us from today Sophie oh so I'm in London UK we're in Indiana not quite as at least to me as fancy <laughs> well See, to me, I'm like, oh, how exciting. But <laughs> you live there, so maybe you don't feel that. <laughs> yeah. No, I should be more positive. We have a beautiful sunny day ahead, so I have no complaints. <laughs> it's wild when we live in some place. When we move from it, people are like, why in the world would you move away from that? So I used to live in Colorado, and I live in Indiana. And everyone that finds that out, the first question is, why would you leave Colorado? I'm like, because now I can afford to actually go there and have a vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, awesome. Well, I'm going to flip it just a little bit, a little wild card here. Have you traveled anywhere in your headset virtually that you thought was pretty cool? I'm trying to think in the pandemic, I was trying more of the tourist VR app. So there's an app called Globetrotter VR. And for any Harry Potter fans listening, you can do a Harry Potter tour in VR. Oh I actually, goodness. random fact, I've never seen Harry Potter. I feel like I missed that cultural phenomenon. <laughs> it's just too late now. Um, but I know there are many super fans, so that's something cool to check out. But you can do tours with that app to places like Budapest, um, Barcelona. I've never been to Budapest in real life. It is on my bucket list. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably the best place I've visited in VR. But you can also go to places, well, quite literally out of this world, out of this planet. You can visit the moon. You can go to Mars. So on that scale, Budapest doesn't seem that fancy, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> Maybe a little more social, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Thank you. 
You know, one of the first things that your followers can read about when they go on your website or even on LinkedIn is that your company, Virtual Speech, came about in part due to a fear that you had in public speaking. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But how else have you seen that people can use VR, XR to tackle fear or even to upskill? In terms of fears, one of the first apps that I saw, this was probably back in 2016, was an app to overcome the fear of spiders, which, I mean, to be honest, I was too scared to even try. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, there's, there's ones for overcoming fears of spiders, flying, heights. I saw one recently about the fear of dogs, um, obviously public speaking too. And the way that they work is, it's called like VR exposure therapy. And it's basically like, cognitive behavioral therapy where you expose yourself to your fear so for spiders for example it would start off with like one spider in the corner of the room and then once you get comfortable with that you level up and keep going basically in that controlled environment so it evokes that same emotional response of fear but because it's in a controlled environment and a psychologically safe environment you feel more comfortable facing that in VR first. So then you build up in VR so that then in the real world, that that behavioral change translates across. So yeah, those are the key fear ones I've seen. Um, in terms of upskilling, wow, really the possibilities are endless in terms of upskilling. And I'll talk in a bit about, for example, we have over 25 courses on different topics where people can upskill. And, and what makes VR unique with that is that it's consistent and repeatable and has that unique data capture that other methods of learning may not have for certain skills. Like how do you measure how well someone has listened to something or how do you measure your own tone, those kind of things and measure the progress in them as well. So VR is very unique in providing the ability to track progress in either overcoming fears or just upskilling in general. Very cool. As you were talking about the spiders, Tiffany's head was shaking. No, like the whole time, whether she realized it or body. not. <laughs> no. Yeah. As I was talking through it, I was picturing this little spider in the corner of the room. I and I was like, I'm really downplaying my feelings for that little spider at the moment. <laughs> I think there's a difference between a little spider in a brightly lit room and a little spider in a dark room. That you can't see. Yeah. <laughs> there is a yeah. difference there. And it's how quick they move. Oh. <laughs> With the fears since I know we're moving to the upskill later, I was just curious in that exposure therapy, is there a VR avatar or a person that kind of is guiding you through some of those fear scenarios as there would be, like if I was working with a therapist, let's say, and they were kind of slowly introducing me to spiders, there's a person there to provide <laughs> comfort or support along comfort the way, along the journey. Have they tried to provide live, real, or even like mm -hmm. avatar AI kinds of support as people journey? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Most of most of them are self-contained, self-paced. I do know there are some that are especially more clinical settings for people who have diagnosed phobias of these things where they would be in person with like a trained psychologist, for example, who would be guiding them and supporting them to then go into VR and then discuss it afterwards and as that support. And I know that with some apps, including virtual speech, you can also meet live in VR, which means I put on my VR headset here and you both put on your oh, VR shit. headsets and we all meet in VR. So 
people can be trained to overcome fears in that respect too so Tiffany you could be putting on your headset and going into <laughs> to a, a scary spider situation while Mike could be talking you through it at the same time as well oh she wouldn't want me talking show. me through it <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I see a great team building exercise in the future. We just got Oculus headsets like two weeks ago, I think, right, Mike? And we had our first workroom meeting last week. And we have another one today in the headset. And uh, I was thinking that's some great team building if we were to walk each other through some fear Now, I know we're going to talk a little bit about virtual speech in a moment, but part of the metaverse conversation that I've had is using some biometric feedback in those fear situations too. I think there's ways to collect that data. So I'm kind of curious about how you're doing that in virtual speech too, just as a teaser to what's to come. So yeah, it's gonna be a really cool conversation. I appreciate you joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. We are going to transition now to the more serious, on topic, even though I feel like we have been on topic already with Sophie, but we're, we're moving into a conversation about virtual speech, VR, XR, and even a bit about the metaverse. So we're going to pick her brain on all these things. And we do believe we're so excited for today because we believe that she is the person that we would want to talk to about these areas and she's here with us. So we're so grateful. Um, Sophie has a company, Virtual Speech, and we want to know more about it. So actually Mike and I have had the privilege of getting the inside scoop. But for those that don't know, Sophie, could you kind of elaborate on what is virtual speech? Yes. So in a nutshell, virtual speech is an award-winning education platform that blends e-learning with practice exercises in virtual reality or online simulations as well. So if people don't have a headset, they can practice online too. And as it stands, we have a catalogue of over 25 courses that are focused on so-called soft skills, the interpersonal skills like public speaking, active listening, leadership, ethics. We've just released a sexual harassment prevention course as well. So all of those fun topics that VR really lends itself to for people to be able to practice those skills and that repetition and self-efficacy that is as a result of that can lead to real behavioural change. I touched earlier on upon like unique data capture in VR as well. So one of the ways that we track data and, and feedback is using artificial intelligence so that people receive feedback and quantifiable data on things like their eye contact during a presentational pitch, their pace, volume, tone, listenability, use of keywords, how many filler words they've used, so how many ums and ahs those kinds of metrics. And in terms of um, number of people that it's impacted so far, over 350,000 people have used virtual speech. And those can be individuals, universities, as well as Fortune 500 companies like Accenture, Deutsche Telekom or T-Mobile and Vodafone. Unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. I was just making a note to ask, so I didn't forget. So in that situation, the research or the feedback, is that done by AI drivers or are there humans reviewing that? So that's done by AI. So it can provide people feedback 
during their performance as well. So if you were delivering a 10 minute presentation at university or for a company, it will give you feedback on your pace. So for example, I speak very quickly. And so it would pop up to me saying, slow down while I'm delivering the presentation. And then when I finished it, it will then provide me a score for each of those metrics that I mentioned. And it will track that score from the first time I used the app to the fifth time, the 10th time and so on. So I can visually quantify my progress as well as feeling more confident too. Very cool. So are there like cameras inside that are tracking eye lines or is it done by movement of the head? Not to go too deep in the weeds, but I'm just fascinated by the tech. Yeah. So that answers twofold really. So headsets now are capable of tracking the eyeball movement, the literal <laughs> movement of your eyes. The way we do it though is through subtle head movements. I'm not sure if in the near future we might change the way that that is done, but part of the reason that we haven't is because of people's concern around security and privacy and, and that kind of thing. And if we're being honest, some people just don't like the idea of their eyes being tracked, whereas the headset picks up very subtle head movements. And for most of our courses, you don't need to be looking at a very small, specific point where the head movement wouldn't track it. So I'm not sure if the eyeball tracking is for us. <laughs> it might be. If you listen to this in six months time, we might have done it. But at right. the moment, it's not for us. And ours is just done by the subtle head movements. Oh, very cool. I think those security concerns are important. I mean, in all the mm -hmm. tech that we use, especially when we talk about education, because there's a lot of laws that impact students and our use of that student data. There's a nice segue into this next question. It's, that is, where have you seen the most significant impact of VR, or we can expand that to XR, uh, in education itself? I would say the biggest impact is in terms of engagement of learners and retention so if we talk a bit about engagement first even just the sheer excitement when it comes to learning I mean whether it's at university level or adult learning in the workplace and training in the workplace I'm sure we've all been guilty of just clicking through e-learning and scrolling through our emails or Instagram or TikTok at the same time whereas with VR because it's a new way of learning and people can learn through experience, they actually want to learn. And when they have that headset on, they are fully immersed in whatever topic they're learning about. And not only are they mentally immersed in it, but they're also physically immersed because you can't be scrolling through your phone when you've got a headset on your face. <laughs> so, so that also helps. Um, oh, that's, that's great. And in terms of the opportunities to learn that VR brings, so if we talk about education, high school level, how amazing is it that nowadays people could just put on a VR headset and they can go and visit ancient Rome or travel to the moon? Or I've seen one experience where you travel around the human body as a red blood cell. Like that is so cool. And I would have enjoyed science so much more at school if we could even just in VR see things like atoms I would have just grasped that concept much more easily as a young person if I could physically see those things and interact with them so yeah I think engagement is a massive one and also retention so PwC did a study in in 2020 on the effects of VR learning on 
soft skills training. So very similar to what we do at Virtual Speech. And they found that people learn up to four times faster with VR. And that's because of the practical element and that people are learning through experience and they become an active participant in their learning rather than a passive observer who chooses to observe or not. But with VR, they are actually in that learning experience themselves. And actually, if you combine those two in terms of examples of impact as well. So we've had people email us telling us that using virtual speech, they practiced for job interviews and somebody got a job at the UN through using VR training and VR practice. We've had people who have recovered from vocal cord trauma and really lost their confidence. And they've been retraining themselves and training their confidence using virtual reality as that psychologically safe space that we spoke about earlier. Startups have landed funding through practicing in VR. And it just goes to show the power of that learning through experience whenever we want on demand. Amazing. It really is. And I'm with you, Mike, I'm like getting into the weeds of what does this look like? You know, I just want to put it on a try. (laughs) With the public speaking one specifically, oftentimes, at least for me, the audience matters. So my effectiveness as a speaker, I feel like it's dependent on how I feel based on who's in the room or how big is the audience? How well do I know them? So when you're in the VR headset, what do you see when you're practicing your speech? And can you swap out <laughs> the background of what's around you? Yeah. So with our public speaking course, there's eight VR environments that are all different sizes. So there's one where it's just a one-on-one meeting. And for example, if you're meeting your manager, you might want some practice in there. But then there's also smaller meeting rooms as well, like with eight people in the room. Then there's a conference room of 200. And then there's a TEDx-styled theatre of 500. So you can really test yourself. So for some people, they'll use virtual speech the public speaking course if they're scared of public speaking and for them it's the size of the room the size of the audience that's more important whereas others who aren't scared of public speaking will use it more for the feedback and might just try a different room out for fun so for example we have a media training course and in that there are vr environments that mimic a press conference or a BBC News Studio, and they just more use those for fun practice, but to get that feedback element. And in terms of what that looks like, some of the people are 360 degree recorded. So they're super realistic because they are literally recorded people. And there's other environments where the audience are avatars because they can be more reactive and interactive for people. So if you programmed virtual speech, listen out for a certain keyword, then that avatar might react in a certain way. One thing that we don't do with our public speaking, which we are sometimes requested, very occasionally people request that we build an audience that will heckle the speaker and like throw tomatoes and exit. We have not done that because we want to build people's confidence, not knock it down. Yeah. Yeah, so the audience might look bored sometimes or their phones might go off, but ultimately, the app and the experience is designed to help you improve and to increase your confidence too. I love that. I hadn't even considered beyond the public speaking part, but even having a difficult conversation, Mm -hmm. like that one-on-one piece and how powerful that could be for folks to just practice having that one-on-one that maybe they need to build some confidence for. 
Yeah, definitely. And we're about to release a course on how to give feedback and that includes negative feedback. If somebody at work isn't performing well or there's been restructuring on the team, those conversations before VR, you probably wouldn't practice them or you'd practice in front of the mirror or record yourself or at a push if your company had this capability you'd get an executive coach to come in but with VR you can practice that whenever you want you just have to pick up your headset and for other people things like speaking up in team meetings is really difficult for them which is why those meeting rooms are in there too. One of the things I saw was like stepping out of an elevator and getting bombarded by the news. I thought, what a brilliant, high stress situation to put someone in, to have to conversate around. That was great. Wow. Yeah, that was actually quite popular with people when we're showing them a demo because nobody's expecting it to happen. I tell them you're about to experience a media ambush and they'll go in their headset and they're in a nice lift with like a nice skyline in the background and then it will ping <laughs> and they'll step out and there's a media ambush so you're surrounded by press and what's really interesting is that as we know like sometimes the press can be quite pushy and I see people in the headset start to pull away because I know exactly which avatar they're referring to because the first time I was in I was like oh why is he so close to me but <laughs> that's the reality of if you are being ambushed by the press and so it's that for example most people won't find themselves in that situation but for people that do getting used to that discomfort and invasion of personal space is important but for the rest of us it's just a fun one to do <laughs> yeah Thank you for joining us on Digital to Learn. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are three things we ask you to do. One, come back and join us again. Two, tell your friends about us. And three, give us a positive ranking on your favorite podcast platform. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Embrace the future. Always keep learning. <laughs>